Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me, as always, is Mike. How you doing, Mike? Uh, low energy this week. Definitely. I feel I, low energy Jed Bush. That's all Low energy Jed Bush. Yeah. But that's a throwback to the 2016 election campaign. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That, that one was one a, Donald Trump. That's what I was going to say. That sounds Bush. like a Donald Trump nickname, actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for, for Jed Bush. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that, that would have been, though, that would have been through like earlier because that would have been the Republican primary uh, where he was up against other Republicans. So, yeah. Low, low energy Jed Bush. All right. Last week we started with comparing you to Antonio Brown, and now we're describing you as Donald Trump's political opponent. So, all right. <laughs> Never know what you're going to get when you ask Mike how he's doing. I've I'm coming to learn. Yeah, you run the gambit, and that's you know that's that. I feel like I represent the human condition. That's what I feel like I represent. <laughs> what am I bringing then? Stats. <laughs> Just a walking no, calculator, do you? Numbers. <laughs> yeah, like a bunch of statistical analyses that then you'll just throw away randomly for good feeling. Yeah. You know what? Got to keep you on your toes. Got to keep you honest. Well, see, that's the thing to me. It's a balance. It's, it's a balance between the analytics and like what they call the eye test to me, a balance, like a good manager for fantasy or otherwise is somebody who can, who can balance the two where it's like, sometimes you have to take a chance on someone and the stats you have to ignore and then otherwise you, you like you can't ignore and you have to look at the stats and you have to be realistic. So I think a balance makes sense. Um, but it can be it can be interesting. We're gonna talk a little bit about that today, about like perception of people. How sometimes I find it's not just you, it's other people in our pool as well who I talk to, like in our league, and then you know, from other fans, where sometimes I find that people can really throw the perception of a player in front of everything. Like almost to a point of like you're blind. Otherwise, this perception is so ingrained of who you think this player is. You believe they're worth more than they they statistically have ever shown. We're going to talk about that today. This is like a teaser to what we're going to talk about. But I do I do find that happens a lot, and it's not just you. Like I think we all do it for certain people, but I find it a lot with very specific, like a handful of football players that I could name, where I'm always arguing about these stupid players to people like always the same five people i'm having arguments uh, about all right good good good, good response there josh way to jump in this is you, uh... great, great radio there josh that was great thank you that's why you're an expert josh let's uh, thank you I was trying to, it took me a minute to kind of process, like, how many arguments are you having with people regularly about these fantasy football players? Because, like, uh, aside least, from you, I don't think I have that many arguments with people. At least th- in, in, our, in our home league, three. There's you okay. and two others who I constantly talk about. And the same players come up all the time, one of which we're going to talk today. And there, it's constantly an argument of, I'm always on the side of, like, well, they've never done what you you're claiming they're worth, and yet everyone always says they're worth more. Like it's it's rarely that I'm over ranking a player; it's that other people are really putting players on a pedestal, and I'm sitting here going like, "Why?" 
Not that I have anything against these players personally, but that the statistics have never matched what people claim they can do. That's sort of more my point. Unless they're Aaron Rodgers, and then that's personal. Then that's personal, yes. But I also think he's lost a step. And I just, okay. I think, because my my parents are in our our home league, and uh, my parents, their first two selections, each of them was one picked Aaron Rodgers and one picked Tom Brady. I think that's a terrible decision. That's oh, a I agree with you. Terrible first round draft pick because if you're going to pick a quarterback in the first round as your first pick, I believe there's like three or four that you should pick, not Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Like those picks were based on who the player used to be, not the player who the player is now. Yeah, I'm still not sold on taking a quarterback in the first round ever, but. Well, yeah, if you're, you're going to take if you're going to take one, you you should be taking an Allen or a Hertz or yeah. a Mahomes, yes. and that's basically it. That's just a that's just a philosophy difference, though. Like you you put a lot of emphasis on the value of picks and where you pick them, which I think means nothing in fantasy and means everything in real football. Like as a real scout or general manager, you think correctly, but. In fantasy football, the most person who scores the most points matter, and often it's a quarterback. So I can understand, and I've picked a quarterback before. If I'm picking first overall, I'm going to pick the player that can get me the most points. I don't care if I pick them in the first round or the fourth round or the value of it. I'm going to pick the player that's going to give me the most points. And that philosophy has worked for me to at least get to the final in a year that I should have beat you. And then the year that I shouldn't have beat you and didn't beat you was because of, you know, I... I didn't have a great draft. I I had a terrible draft last year. Terrible. I had an awful team and I and I built it from nothing and grew it and made it great again. Space Force. <laughs> okay. America. But if you could <laughs> America. This is, Ameri- this is a very American themed episode already. Yeah, right. I know. I don't even know why. <laughs> yeah. Um just further proof that we do not plan any of this. Uh, what but, do you need okay. to prove that to people? People <laughs> figure that out. <laughs> yeah, people people know, people know. But if you could take Patrick Mahomes with your first round pick, or you yeah. could take Joe Burrow with, let's say, a fourth round pick, and there's only seventy points at the end of the day between the two of them, why mm-hmm. would you want the first round pick when you could in have that, picked, like Cooper? In Cup? that in that scenario, yeah, I would I would wait and pick Joe Burrow. Joe exactly. Burrow will not be there in the fourth round. That's my point. So Joe Burrow is just a bad example. That's I see what you're saying. You gave me a bad example because Joe Burrow to me is number four. Yeah, oh, number four for quarterback, but that doesn't mean that he wouldn't be available in the fourth round. Still, I, I think I think he wouldn't be in our in our pool. He's not. He's for sure because well, quarterbacks go fast. And I don't makes, I don't think he's our there. pool makes no sense. You can't compare our pool to real life. It uh, means nothing. Well. I, well, you can't compare any fantasy to real life. It means nothing. But I get what you're saying. That that is true of Joe Burrow, but no one. But I got to tell you, no one else. Like whoever the who's the number who was the number five quarterback? Do do we G- have that? Geno Geno Smith. Gino, okay, great. There, that's a great example. I would not trade Mahomes for Smith in the no. I would take Mahomes 100 percent of the time. I would take Mahomes not just because of the points they had last year in the seventy whatever, because I believe that gap could be could be greater. And Mahomes, so Mahomes might also be on a different level for me. Like Mahomes, probably Allen, Hurts I'm starting to warm up to, especially because he can hurt you with the legs. Like that that's what makes to me Hurts really dangerous, is you can get running back scores with him and passing. 
Like that's kind of what makes him dangerous to me. So maybe it's only three quarterbacks and maybe Burrow is on like a different level. But to me, once you go, yes, I would wait a couple rounds for Joe Burrow. A hundred percent. You're absolutely right. I would not wait a couple rounds for Geno Smith and have Cooper Cup and Stefan Diggs and Geno Smith. I would be looking for a quarterback upgrade. Just because Geno Smith, number five quarterback, I have no idea what type of year he's going to have next year. Even the number six, what like Justin Herbert, is he going to have a great year? We don't know. Like it's so inconsistent. You know, unless he gets hurt, you know what Hurts is going to do this year. You know he's going to have a fantastic – I mean, he was your quarterback last year. You must know more about him than anyone. You study oh, yeah. your players like in, in an obsessive way. Um, so you gotta do, gotta build Belichick, buddy. Yeah, because you're Bill Belichick. That's my point. Because you're Bill Belichick, <laughs> and you're right. Bill Belichick and your philosophy it does work in certain areas. And I think the further you get in the draft, the better your drafting is. I think at the beginning, I still go for points. That's just my philosophy. Our philosophies are different. That's okay. I still go for who's going to give me the most points. I don't give a, you know what, what position the person is, or if I'm giving up points a a couple rounds later, I'm going for the best available. So my opponent doesn't get, I do want to tell you though, Joe Burrow's average draft position right now is around the fifth round. Yeah. Yeah. As of right now, I could see that. Like I've been in more, you might call traditional leagues um, for fantasy. And the last one I was in, because I only played one league last year. I was just busy. Uh, but the year before, I I I did not win. Like, I, I actually ended up coming in second, like, just like our pool. I was disappointed <laughs> in the freaking Super Bowl. Uh, maybe by Antonio Brown. Maybe that's why I'm so mad at him. I don't want to talk about it. But the, right. point, the point is, is actually during the season, I wiped the floor with the league. Um, oh, and a part of that was... I think a lot of them did have that philosophy of waiting for, for certain players. And I, I outscored a lot of people in that league. Now, again, every league's different and it, it depends. You have listeners out there. You have to know who's in your league. Some people do random ones. Some people know the people. For our league specific, quarterbacks are going to go fast. And you can say that that's a downside. You can say not. I personally do not believe, my, this is my personal opinion, that anyone has been a champion of our league because of the draft. It's the play during the season and the trading and the waiver wire work and the expertise there to me that that makes a champion in our league at least. It's not necessarily the drafting because the drafting can go off the rails real fast. Like someone, someone in our league suddenly picks a defense, suddenly like 12 defenses are gone. You know what I mean? Like it's so everyone just follows the leader kind of in that sense. Well, actually, we're going to talk about that when we get into um, like our draft episodes, because that is a draft strategy that you need to know and pay attention to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, we'll, we'll get into more of that later when, when drafts come around, but, but you're absolutely right. That, that does happen in a lot of leagues. It's not just uh, common to ours, but uh, we'll move on to the news. So we have time for everything else today. Yeah. Or we'll be talking about this. Maybe we'll do one yeah. episode. That's just about our house league. So we can get all that off our chest. <laughs> sounds good yeah just a, a slam episode yeah and we'll send it to all the people in our league <laughs> yeah <laughs> well uh speaking of aaron Rodgers losing a step uh he actually suffered a calf sprain at practice this week yeah it uh, was initially reported as an ankle injury but it seems like it was a very minor calf sprain so all of the, the 
Jets fans can breathe a sigh of relief. The season's not over already. Um, Brees Hall, unfortunately, though, is not practicing as of yet. And I know we, we spoke about it before. This is why I am not as high on him because we don't know when he's going to be back this upcoming season and we don't know what he's going to look like. And the longer it takes for him to even get back to just practicing, the the longer it's going to be before we see him on the field and the longer he's just going to take up a spot on your bench. So with all of these running back injuries, because there are a few, make sure that you're monitoring them through the offseason and see what uh, participation level they're actually reaching. That could be uh, a big injury too. Like that yeah. in yeah. terms of the Jets season, like we're going to talk about that a little bit later in a little segment that I'm doing in a little bit, in the second <laughs> tease, but that could really impact the Jets season and how it goes. Like that's a big injury to keep your eye open, not just for fantasy, but first for how the team performs. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's um, something that's not really been fully considered in how the Jets are being ranked, but I'll let you talk about that later. Sounds good. <laughs> Um, Austin Eckler, it appears, will be remaining with the Chargers for this season. He received $2 million in incentives and will mm. be a free agent next season. Next season. Yeah. Well. And I have to say, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he won't be there next season. <laughs> I, I was about to say the same thing. This is his last season as a Charger. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mitch Trubisky received a two-year extension from the Steelers, but will remain behind Kenny Pickett on the depth chart. So I guess yeah. stick with what you know as your backup and hope Kenny Pickett doesn't get hurt. Well, that's a good move, though, right? Like, you know what you've got with him. You don't have to take a guess. And if Pickett does get hurt, at least you've got someone who knows your offense coming in there. Um, yeah, yeah, better than starting with it like another rookie or something. Exactly. I mean, Bring we're in. also going to talk about Cooper Rush later. And what he did last year oh, <laughs> with geez. the Cowboys, right? But you can't always, like, again, you can't always count on that. Like, the Steelers aren't going to be as good of a team as the Cowboys. and But, but again, the philosophy with them was Cooper Rush knows our offense, so he's our backup. And it works yeah. in that sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, at the end of the day, anybody in the NFL is, like, a pro football player. So, like, the talent is there. I think we're just so used to seeing like the superstars of the superstars on the field. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like even the the third string quarterback is better than like me, for example. Like, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I would say like the sixteenth string quarterback is probably still better than you. Mike. Hold on, now let's no. That's a bit. That's a bit harsh. Like, why did you have to go to sixteen? Could you have been like the tenth? Like something more realistic. The sixteen. You got to like get into the yeah. teens before me. With all the college quarterbacks that are out there, and the, especially, yeah, especially especially in the U.S., though, like that is a whole other level. Of, I could throw a ball. Okay, all right. Save it for the flag football field. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I will. Sports Illustrated uh, described Calvin Ridley as moving differently than any other wide receiver on the field, and. Uh, the Jaguars are very impressed with what they've seen from him so far in his, uh, I guess, participation in OTAs. So it seems like there's a lot of good news coming out of him uh, regarding him from Jacksonville. So I, I'm very excited to see what version of Kelvin Ridley we get. You know, do we well, get the yeah. one who? Do we get like a Deshaun Watson situation? Do we kind of see more of what it was like before he uh, left for mental health reasons? 
or do we see him from like 2019 when he was lighting the league on fire? Well, yeah. Like, does it worry you at all that report? Like, what is what does moving differently mean? That's my question. The the tone of it seemed to be in a positive way. Like, oh, okay. Like okay. he was moving better than any of the other wide receivers on the okay. field. It wasn't uh, like a, oh, he's not what he used to be kind of thing. No, no. It the definite like t- tone of the uh, like little reporters blurb. It was it was very positive. Like he is moving like on another level. Hmm. Yeah, and then like all. Like I said, the, the coaching staff kind of reinforced that with a little blurb I read today that they're they're very impressed with like the work that he's putting in and everything, and uh, it should lead to some good chemistry with Trevor Lawrence. But at the end of the day, we're gonna have to wait and see what version of him we get on the field. But I definitely think he's a good uh, he's definitely a good swing for the fences pick because you could probably get him in a mid round, and he could end up being like like if he was back to 2019 form you got a top three wide receiver at the end of the day yeah and you could get him to like really you could get him so late that he's your flex but he could end up being like a monster pickup Um, yeah so you could suddenly have three you know wide receivers that you're happy with on your team yeah or he's like sean watson and he does nothing and uh you hate that you'd have him and the exactly, and that's the risk, right? Like you, you're just you're like, do, do you, are you going to hate yourself? Because you know that happened. Yeah, you know that, that happens. And I, the question I have is, which one of us between you and me will 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 pick them in our in our league? I think I'm probably the more likely of the two, but it will depend on the flow of of the draft and our draft pick positioning. I usually wait for those risky picks for like my last couple picks. We're like, See, I, I would, I would take him well. I would, t- I would take him well before that. So, oh, I would, yeah, no, I, I would suggest and recommend, and even in my rankings when we get there, he'll be higher. But you're right. Like for me and my draft strategy, I'm less likely to take a risk on someone like him, even though he is becoming more and more appealing. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> where, where I'm looking at him and being like, you know what? Like, I can see the appeal here. This is just a long con for me to convince you to draft him, and then he does nothing. Well, yeah, and I mean, it also depends at the end of the day where other people are going to draft him, like, because that's how we put together a list of for our for our league of, of drafting. It's all based upon the average draft position, where he's going. So if people in other leagues are really starting to draft him high then he might be higher on the list we give to our league, and he might get picked higher. Like, it's possible. I won't give away my my secrets for how my rankings come out. No, I'm not going to give... I've got rankings, too. You think the only ones with rankings here? Like, and, and other people in our league do. Like, a lot of... I would say half our league has their own list beside them, but, but we give kind of a universal list for those who are there for, like, fun... And just to kind of participate, but but half half our league has their own lists. They're terrible because some of them had Aaron Rodgers at the top of it. Um, but we'll yeah. we'll get to that. With, with that episode when we talk about our league, it'll be a lot about me talking about my parents. <laughs> just slamming your just own parents. The, just the frustration of the just the front. I had to have a talk with them, and they're like, "Don't worry, we're gonna buy books this year." And I'm just like, "Oh my god, you're gonna." Books, books <laughs> yeah. yeah, books. Just gonna read buy a, a bunch book. of books on. Yeah, just on read a little book, book, you know. Yeah. Flip some pages. 
We'll see. I'm excited. Um, Lamar Jackson, when asked what the uh, new Ravens offense will, in what role, I guess you can expect from him, he said that he will it will feature more throwing and less running for Lamar Jackson. So we kind of talked about that last week, and that was your expectation, was that he was going to come out yeah. uh, throwing. So it does seem like that's what they're leaning towards. That um, might change I still, if it goes poorly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If week one they're getting obliterated, I'm confident that will change very quickly. Um, but I still think that bodes well for J.K. Dobbins because if Lamar Jackson is not running, someone needs to be running it because they do still like to run the ball. And that will definitely benefit J.K. Dobbins with it, Lamar Jackson not stealing all those carries from him. Yeah, again, everything you say, it makes so much sense to me. But then you see that the Buffalo Bills exist. I, like, they honest, are like the anomaly, though. They, I know they are. I know they are. But what, I, again, I just, ego. The ego here, right? Lamar Jackson, big contract. He wants to be here. This is what he wanted. He wants, he probably wants to throw the ball. I could see them really guns a-blazing and just throw, throw, throw and find ways to throw. I get what you're saying. Like, in terms of these comments, it makes me look at it and go, yeah, like, the running back will probably have to be part of it. That's the logical thing. But why don't the Bills do it? Again, I'm just a frustrated Bills fan at this point, as you can tell. Because <laughs> I'm banging my head against it. Like, what? They don't have a running back, Josh. They don't run. I know. Hey, I, I fully agree with you. I, I don't know what they're doing either. But I'm telling you, they are the odd man out in that regard. So I don't think you have to worry about everyone else. Yeah, hopefully. We'll see. Well, Mike, uh, you've hinted at it. So why don't we switch into your little, your segment? Yeah, this is the first segment brought to you by me. um, And this is called, What Were You Thinking? Um, So so, uh, the NFL.com. just released the NFL's top 10 most complete teams for the 2023 season. Now I read most complete teams, meaning they're complete from top to bottom. And now again, we have to kind of toe the line here because we're going to talk about fantasy and and non-fantasy. So I take this list as meaning not really fantasy related. It's more like here Here are the top 10 teams that are the most complete on the football field and should be contenders because they've got a great defense and their offense is cooking and they got a great quarterback, great running back, like they're complete. So here it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go through the list from, from 1 to 10 and then we'll, we'll talk about it after and give some feelings. So number one, Philadelphia Eagles. Makes sense. Number two, yep. Kansas City Chiefs. Makes sense. Number three, San Francisco 49ers. Okay, I would say that makes sense. Um, yep. Number four, Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, doing right. pretty well. No one's angry. Number five, Dallas Cowboys. We'll come back to that. Number six, Buffalo Bills. We'll come back to that. Number seven, Baltimore Ravens. Number eight, New York Jets. We're definitely coming back to that. Number nine, Seattle Seahawks. Number 10, Los Angeles Chargers. So, Josh, one through four, I got no, no problems. Problem. You no got problem. any problems? No problems. I would say they got four pretty complete teams. The only question mark, question mark, is at you know in a second year at quarterback in terms of what's going on with San Francisco with Brock Purdy, it's that all going to work out? But but he did a great job last year, so we have no reason to believe not because it was a great year last year. But one through four, great. Okay, Dallas Cowboys. 
So you and I disagree on this, but the reason why I have a problem with them being number five and them even being on this list is because I look at them as, as not a complete team because I think people have consistently over-evaluated Dak Prescott and said that he's such a fantastic, amazing quarterback. I even think, Josh, in one of our early episodes, we talked about this on this podcast. I'm pretty sure we did, yeah. I think we did, where I'm like, I don't think Dak Prescott's going to come back from this injury and be like super amazing, whatever, and you worship Dak Prescott. So I just think that, to me, Dallas being number five, is absolutely ridiculous because I just don't think that their quarterback's good enough. Hey, I like their running game. I like I like the, what they're doing with their receiving core. I think they got like a really young, like fast receiving core. I think they got a fantastic defense. No question. Dallas Cowboys playoff team, absolutely. Super Bowl contender, I still think not because Dak Prescott, in my mind, statistically, especially in fantasy, which we're going to talk about. I got some numbers here. I don't think he's done anything, anything to warrant being like, oh, yeah, they, he can win a Super Bowl. He hasn't proven it yet. That could change. But right now, he has not proven it. Josh, your rebuttal. Well, I want to I want to I want to hear your statistics. Oh, I what are my stats? I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll poke holes in that. And then OK, OK. Yeah. Uh, point fantasy points per game for Dalek Prep, Dak Prescott for his entire career. So, so far. He's been in the league since 2016. That was his first year. His average is 19.6. And of the seasons he's been in, so he, he's been in a total of seven seasons. Um, yes, he was injured for 2020. Like he only he only played in like five, four or five games in that? Five games. Five games. So yes, he was injured and that's the season. It was also, by the way, his best points uh, per game season, by the way. Um, but I'm, I'm counting them as he has played in seven seasons. He, only three of those seasons has he averaged over 20 points per game as a quarterback. If I have a quarterback who's averaging 17.9, 16.3, 17.9, 16.6, I'm trying to upgrade that quarterback during my fantasy season all year round. That's okay. But I'm like, well, you're scoring like my receivers are. I want more. I want my core. If I'm a champion team, I want my quarterback scoring 25 plus points, maybe 20 on bad days, awful days around 18, whatever, but not average 16.6, 17.9, 16.3, 17.9. So he's only had three seasons where he's been over 20, where his average was 20 and 21.1. And then the year he only played five games, it was 27.1. So his best year, he played five games. He, he hasn't, I, I, to me, that is not good enough to warrant complete. He's a complete quarterback. He brings a lot to the table for as a complete team. He hasn't done enough. Josh, your rebuttal. I, I think it's hard to judge him because we, we have only seen like pretty much every other year we've seen a complete season from him, right? Right. He's been injured. He's had a lot of injury issues. Yeah, but like in 21... Twenty-one. He was a top eight fantasy quarterback. He was within a hundred. He was within, I think, eighty points of QB one. Um, and even last season, I think he was still in the top twelve, even missing a bunch of games. If I'm not mistaken, maybe he was a bit more than that. Maybe it was top fifteen, top twenty. I don't, I don't know where he ended up last year. Um, 
hang on, I'll, I'll pull it up. Um, but he, uh, he finishes 18 with 12 games played. So five less than everyone else. Um, but, but injuries have to factor in here. Like, I, I think I, he's I fault, become injury he's, prone. Yeah. yeah I, which is a So to me, I think he's kind of like a Calvin Ridley. Like there is a bit of a risk to that pick there, but he does have the ability to, to pay off. Cause I think it was only a few seasons ago. He was like the quarterback too. Uh, was that maybe 2019 when he was quarterback too? 2019? Uh, probably, yeah. yeah. That was that was overall his best statistical season was 2019. Yeah, so, so we're only three seasons out from him being a top two quarterback, and two of those seasons he hasn't played a full season. So uh, that's why I think it's hard. And, and the one season that he did play fully in between, he was still a top 10 quarterback. So... If I'm getting a top 10 quarterback in a mid to late round, which is where he's going, uh, well, I wouldn't say late, but, you know, like, he's not going in the top five rounds. He, he's going, actually, right now his ADP is in the 10th round. So if I can get a top 10 quarterback with my 10th pick, I'm completely happy with that because that just means I spent my first nine picks getting top wide receivers, running backs, and a tight end. When and I've been on my bench. When it does this average pick, how many how many teams are picking? Usually ten to twelve. Ten to twelve. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That just that seems a little. I don't know. I just i I still have a hard time wrapping my head around certain quarterbacks being around 10, 10 picks like in like you you've picked ten people and no one's picked the rest of these quarterbacks like that by that point. But again, like to me. The results matter, and yeah, there's, so there's two sides of this argument. There's fantasy, and then there's the team. The team's won nothing, so they deserve no respect in terms of being a complete team. They've won nothing. They've done nothing. The Cowboys have succeeded in no ways. And part of that is injuries. So if you have an injury-prone quarterback, and on a fantasy standpoint, you're taking a massive risk here. So that, to me, when I hear complete, you're telling me, that that's how weak the NFL is, that the fifth most complete team has a massive question mark at quarterback because of injuries. And when he is injured, yes, Cooper Rush, I would say, did an okay job last year, but he wasn't incredible. They weren't winning the Super Bowl with Cooper Rush at quarterback. Like without without Dak Prescott, they weren't going to do that. So I just, I question that them putting it because I do think that everyone's doing what you're doing where, well, we just haven't seen enough of Dak Prescott, but maybe that's who he is. Maybe we'll never see it. You you are, you're absolutely correct. Like that is certainly a possibility, but at the end of the day, like you have to call your shot on players like this. And ultimately it's one of two outcomes. It's either the best is yet to come or we've already seen it and it's downhill Mm -hmm. from here. Um, and so far in seven seasons, him really only having two where he's a top 10 quarterback, to me, no thank you. Like, that's too low. Even even though I get injuries are a huge part of it, and he should have been a top 10 quarterback in the year that he started off amazing and then got hurt. Not his fault, but it happens. To me, that's just statistically not enough. You, sir, this should be another segment. You, sir, are leading by heart. <laughs> like we should do that like an accusatory thing you know what i mean like yeah. <laughs> when, 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 when the other person says something um, accuse. yeah now i if you're okay i want to quickly just run through this because i know times of the essence and i want to get to one thing that i know we're both gonna say something about yes um, yeah so quickly buffalo bills number six 
I have the same problem with Buffalo that I do with Dallas in terms of they've never won anything. They haven't proven anything, especially comes playoffs, and they have a gaping hole on their offense because they won't use running backs. And who's the – so Damian Harris is going to be the running back this year, right? That's – Either him or James Cook, I would say, is going to be the running back, yeah. But they're barely going to use him. Yeah, So it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. You could have Austin Eckler in there, and if they don't use him, who cares? Yeah. So no, you're, I you're have a problem with right. to be number six. Like that, that doesn't make any sense to me. Number seven, Baltimore Ravens. Okay, there's a lot of question marks here, but at least I can kind of see where they're coming from. Yeah. Here's my big problem. Number eight, the New York yeah. Jets. Yeah. They don't I, have I'm, a they don't have a running back either. Well, right they do. He's just he's just injured. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but if he doesn't play, that's what I mean. Like if, okay, if oh, I know. Yeah. Play, you agree and, with and, me. That if he I, I, I do, and I, I think they're projecting, or I guess uh, I don't know, scoring them, assuming like he would be playing, or like that he will be available for the majority of this season. Um, but yeah, I think that is a huge risk, and I also think it's a huge risk is what version of Aaron Rodgers you're getting. Aaron you know, Rogers. like yes. we we had all this, we had the same storyline last year with Russell Wilson. Like he's going to, he mm-hmm. was great. He's going to come to this new team. Everything's going to be great. And it was one of the worst things we've ever seen. He did so nothing. <laughs> I, I think that's a, a viable narrative for Aaron Rodgers. Unfortunately, um, it, it easily could go the other way and he could go back to like his, his heyday in Green Bay, and it's great for Garrett Wilson, and it's great for the Alan Lazard and the rest of the Jets receivers. But it's also very possible that we're just seeing round two of the Russell Wilson story, but with Aaron Rodgers in New York. And until we know what Aaron Rodgers is going to be, it's going to be hard to do that. But that's what I'm like. Again, I think in terms of the the writers or this writer or whoever's doing this, they're putting Rodgers on this massive pedestal that last year he didn't live up to. And he wasn't injured last year. Maybe he was in a bad mental place. Maybe he didn't want to be with this team. He was going through a lot off the field. You could you could make up a million things. People have off seasons. Fine. You're saying, okay, he's going to bounce back. What makes you think that? Like, seriously, what makes you think he's going to bounce back? Like, to, to, I don't know. Like, I, uh, to me, until we know what's going on, we just don't know. And their running back situation really, really worries me. I know they have a great defense, but they're not a complete team. Certainly in terms of the rest of this list, I can see where they're coming from with Baltimore. There's one hole on Dallas, one hole on Buffalo, but New York has at least two. And that's without really diving into their defense is still pretty young. I know they had a great job last year, but they're a young defense. You don't know how that's going to go. Yeah. We saw that a few years ago with the commander's defense. They'd finished their season amazingly. Everyone had high hopes, and then they were one of the worst defenses the next year. So that's always possible uh, with the Jets' defense as well. But I, I think they are set up to do well defensively. So I am interested to see how they turn out because they could be like a sneaky, uh, high-scoring defensive pick that you could get pretty late. I think. Oh, definitely. Like defenses often go late in all. Well, these. yeah, yeah. But I mean, like they're not going to be one of the ones that like get targeted right away like they'll be they'll be around i think when you go to pick one with your last pick or like your second last pick yeah they'll be they'll be still there yeah um i want it what i and then again seattle at nine charges at 10 i have left to say there i think there's a lot of question marks for the chargers personally but the fact that eckler is going to be there again 
I think that that, that helps stabilizes yeah. and helps them. What I really want to do here, Josh, is this kind of inspired me a bit. I want to at the end of this, we've got to go through. We've still got a couple weeks left of all our division previews. At the end, before we get into too many rankings, I want to come up with the Mike and Josh ten team list of here's the most ten complete fantasy teams where you you've got here are the 10 teams that have the most fantasy options not necessarily the best but the most fantasy options on that would be kind of a cool thing where it's like oh there's a good option at quarterback there's good options at running back there's good options at wide receiver like there's multitudes of options that would be kind of a cool thing to do all right we'll we'll brainstorm that see what we can come up with you sounded so engaged this is a good well, episode where I, I think I'm knocking it out of the park, like one top five for sure. Of you started off this episode by <laughs> describing yourself as low energy Jeb Bush. And then I, I certainly raised the energy up. And, and you, you just, just like risen like a phoenix. Absolutely. I, I okay. Top five. This is one of my best performances. Top five episode for me for sure. And you just seem to not care whatsoever about anything I have to say. That's not new though. That that's just that's part of the <laughs> okay. Let's let's move on before I try to strangle you through the podcast. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our AFC West teams. Uh, we'll start with uh, Denver Broncos. Just get that out of the way. Uh, quarterback Russell Wilson. Unless things drastically change from last season, there's not a lot going on there. I personally won't be drafting him. Uh, I don't know about you, Mike. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think <laughs> I don't think like like I think that's someone that maybe you try to trade for if things kind of pick up in the first couple of weeks and like, OK, yeah, an he's, he's kind of back and he picks up. If you have like an injury at quarterback and he starts to to really pick the game up, there's like that's the only reason. Even then, I'd be hesitant. I'm completely off from Russell Wilson, not even on my radar. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Uh, a running back, they've got Javante Williams and Samaje Ryan. Now, I believe Javante is still dealing with his injury. I'm not 100% sure on what his uh, what status is. is. Yeah. I'll see if I can pull that up quickly. If he's not available, uh, Samaje Ryan should be able to handle him, uh, handle the workload pretty well. Because uh, he, he did well when Joe, Joe Mixon wasn't there. He, he did well when Joe Mixon was still in the field. Like, he was very successful in Cincinnati considering the competition that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, Javante Williams could be ready for the beginning of training camp. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. They had, there was the article where they said like, we're, he's hopefully going to be ready for training camp and won't end up on the physically unable to perform list or something to that effect. So I'm not expecting him to be ready for the start of the season. So I, I think you're going to have to look and see, you know, what the rest of your team is shaping up to be like. Do you have, can you sacrifice a few weeks where you're not going to have him? And then remember what shape, what condition of Javante are we getting back? You know, cause it's going to be him coming off that injury. And like I've said, like I've beaten this horse to death. They are not as good when they come back from these injuries. Unfortunately, no, it takes them a while. No. No. So I think he's very risky. Someone on the Broncos has to score. Someone has to get yardage. I think the running game is more the area to focus on for, for taking picks, but you're absolutely right. Like that, that injury, how they, how they come back to play. You've got to really monitor that. And that if, if he's not, if he's not starting the season, if he's missing time, the more time he misses, the less and less likely he's going to come and bounce back. Yep. And I think that gives Samaj P Ryan a pretty good opportunity. 
Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, a wide receiver, we got Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, and Jerry Judy. It's basically just resetting back to last year. All three of them have a chance to be number one. Uh, I don't know if Cortland Sutton is going to finish the season with the Broncos. I think there's some yeah. trade rumors floating around there. Yeah. And if I was going to pick one of the three to be the top one, I'd probably put my money on Jerry Judy. Yeah. But we're going to have to wait and see because we need Russell Wilson to throw the ball well before either of them can be <laughs> any of them yeah. can be a viable fantasy option, really. Like, honestly, I, I don't even think I would be looking at drafting any of them. I would just, because of the trade rumors, watch that waiver wire for Cortland Sutton. Because if he goes somewhere good or that needs a receiver, he might increase a bit of value there. I mean, again, someone's got to catch a ball. Someone's got to get yardage. But if Russell Wilson plays like he did last year, <laughs> why, yeah, like, you can, you can no, find somebody better. Yeah, <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I, I, I think Jerry Judy is worth taking a swing on. If you can yeah. get him for the right price, but you you have to have tempered expectations until we see what Russell Wilson is bringing. He's definitely a late pick, though. Like, if you're picking Jerry Judy, you're picking him late. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at tight end, Greg Dulcich and Chris Manhurts. I'm a big fan of Greg Dulcich, but, but again, it's the quarterback situation. That's what all this boils down to for a lot of this is... What are we getting out of Russell Wilson? Because you can have the best. You could have Travis Kelsey out there, and if he's not getting thrown the ball, or he's tr- fighting to try to catch the ball every time it's thrown to him, he's not having a good season. So I, no. I think Dulcich has a lot of potential, but yeah, we need that connection with Russell Wilson. It's just too many question marks right now. At least, like again, we'll we'll obviously we'll see as the preseason comes in, and once we get into our rankings, what we think. But at this point. I'm not that into any of these players. Like I'm not really taking, you know, maybe taking a run at a couple running backs and seeing what you do there. But in terms of the tight ends here, it's just so connected to the biggest question mark on this team. What's Russell Wilson going to do? Can he bounce back at all? Even if he's just halfway decent, (laughs) you might get something out of these players, but I don't know. He had such a terrible year last year. Yeah. Yeah, he really did. And I think that, I don't know, maybe it's just a recency bias, and I just have a bad taste in my mouth from it, but I am just completely not in on uh, <laughs> on the Broncos because of that. Um, we'll move on, though. We'll move on to the Kansas City Chiefs, and we're probably not going to have to spend too much time here because the majority of this is great for fantasy, and we already know that. Uh, mm-hmm. Quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, easy. If you can get him, get him. Yep. At running back, Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon are their two running backs right now. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, I think what we saw in this, if what we saw in the Super Bowl is how they're going to use him throughout the season, I think he could be a great pick because that is a high-powered offense and they used him a lot in that Super Bowl against a strong Eagles defense. So if they're willing to use him that consistently and kind of force defenses to commit to containing the run that's going to open up Patrick Mahomes that's going to lead to more scoring opportunities for a team as like in general and I think that's going to ultimately lead to uh, Pacheco either getting a lot of running room because they're too scared of Patrick Mahomes beating them or he's going to get into the red zone and get a lot of carries that way so I think he has the potential for being a great fantasy pick this year definitely at wide receiver we've got Marquez Valdez Scantling Kadarius Tony, and Sky Moore I don't really want a piece of any of those. Like we kind of <laughs> talked about a few weeks ago. Um, 
like each week, like somebody different is getting the ball, right? Yeah. Like if you need a spot start for because of an injury or like uh, a bye week, sure. Pick pick your favorite one for the week and and go for it, I guess. I guess Other- I'm, I'm a little bit more like leaning towards like Tooney could do something interesting because he'll have a full year with Mahomes. And there's something about like maybe they feel because he's so young. Yeah, um, they got him from the Giants. Like maybe they can he can grow with Mahomes. Like I feel like more so than the than than the others, he he could have that opportunity. I again, I think Pat. I agree with you. I think Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback likes to spread it around. No matter who he has, he just he just likes that way the offense is built that way. Like they coach and does a great job. Patrick Mahomes does a great job with it. I'm just there's a part of me that's like maybe a little bit towards Tooney. Like maybe. Yeah, if if I had to pick one, and like you said to me, one of these three is going on your team. It's not negotiable. I would take Kadarius Tony. Yeah, because because he's a deep ball threat, and Patrick Mahomes, like like we saw with Tyra Kill, he likes to throw that. So yeah, he he would be my my bet too. I agree with you. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, what about, uh, tight ends, tight ends. Oh, sorry. It's Travis. I mean, Kelsey. I know. Yeah, I know. I know this it's is obvious, but you still gotta say something. <laughs> like, Travis, I know it's obvious, but Travis Kelsey and Noah Gray. Uh, unfortunately for Noah Gray, he's behind Travis, Travis Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. Moving on to the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, it'll be our first time seeing him with the Raiders. I, I don't. Know, I think he's a. He is a serviceable quarterback. He's probably not going to be your main guy, but no. should you have an injury or a backup or, or sorry, or they can uh, in a bye week for your main guy, then he is certainly going to be a great option. I think he's a great backup quarterback for your team. He's and a, could he's probably a, carry you if, if your main one got injured, really, depending on how the rest of your team is set up. Depending upon how the rest of the team is set up. Like Jimmy Garoppolo is a real Dak Prescott type. You know, he's going to get you between <laughs> 15 and 20 points. If you can have an upgrade, great. But otherwise, yes. If you have a good team around him, Jimmy Garoppolo can get you can get you there. Yes. Yeah. I don't think he'll lose you a week. He might not win you no, the week, but no. he won't be the reason you lose no. either. He's he's not one of those quarterbacks that's like suddenly they got seven points. <laughs> like yeah, Russell yeah. Wilson. No. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, at running back, they've got Josh Jacobs and Amir Abdullah. I think we learned last season, don't doubt Josh Jacobs. No. People were ready to write him off preseason. Um, what a and season. he finished as the running back three. So Yeah, what a year he had. Yeah, I'm excited to see how he does this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, at wide receiver, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, and Hunter Renfro. Unfortunately for Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro, just so much of that offense was running through Devonte Adams last year. And I don't imagine that's going to change with Jimmy Garoppolo coming in. So I, I think it's still going to be pretty much Devonte Adams and then Myers or Renfro, maybe catch a touchdown here or there that give him like a spike week. But outside of Devonte Adams, I don't really want part of that wide receiver room. I don't know if you feel any different. I, I don't like, I think Adams is really the one, like if you're going to, you, you know, this is a team where Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, absolutely go for them both. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is like a good option. But the rest of the receiving core, yeah, I'm I'm going to have to wait and see. Um, maybe they develop a little bit more, but I, I just don't see – I don't see anyone beyond Adams right now. 
Yeah, if Hunter Renfro could go back, because he was very valuable for PPR until Adams got there. Uh, like, he wasn't scoring big plays, but he was just catching a lot of passes. So he was just right. generating points that way. Like, if you, if you catch five 10-yard passes, well, that's 10 points for you in, in um, a PPR league, right? Yeah. So he, he was generating value that way, but that plummeted last year with Devonta Adams coming to town. So maybe we'll see it come back with Waller gone now. I don't know, but that's not, I'm not really looking forward to, to getting involved in that until I see it. I like, I know we're about to get to the tight ends, but I think, I think Garoppolo is the type of quarterback who's going to utilize tight ends here and there. So I just feel like, yes, with Waller gone, you could see Renfro getting some of that, but like they did bring in Austin Hooper, like, He's, and they he's, and they drafted Michael Mayer too. Yeah, so they have two. Like they have two yeah. with for options. So clearly, they're in a position where I think they're probably going to use their tight ends along with Devontae Adams more so. And honestly, Renfro is going to suffer for that. Yep, absolutely fair. So unless we see it, like his uh, targets pick back up, then yeah, not really yeah. a worthwhile fantasy option. No. And I guess we just covered off the tight ends, so we don't really yeah. need to go further. Yeah, uh, I think it's pretty clear they're going to be utilized. I, I think either tight end, again, tight ends are so, other than someone like Travis Kelsey, they, they are so, uh, uh, you know, just a coin flip. But I do think this is one of the teams, because of the way they're structured, because of Jimmy Garoppolo, because you know you're going to get lots of running games, with you know, combined with short passes. I think Austin Hooper is a good pick. And then keep an eye on the rookie, because, like, you never know. You, you can have rookie talent come out and suddenly they're good. So it might be a good way of a wild pickup as well. Yeah, that's right. And let's get through the Chargers here. At quarterback, Justin Herbert. I think that he's somebody you should take not as one of your, the first quarterbacks off the board. He, I, I think we learned that. last year, you know, if you get him in the middle of the quarterbacks going, you're happy. He He'll probably win you some weeks. He won't lose you some weeks. He'll be good to borderline great for fantasy but he'll never be he won't be elite um and at the end of the day if the rest of your team is built well then he'll he'll get you through uh running back austin eckler is back take him 100 he's great for fantasy especially in ppr leagues and joshua kelly he might have some value if they're not looking to use eckler as much and like kind of try to preserve him and rotate him out but historically, we haven't seen that from the Chargers. Like, we haven't seen the backup do well for fantasy. It's basically been Eckler and then nothing. Yeah. So I, I would stick with that for fantasy for this year. Yeah, and Eckler's, Eckler is definitely a, a top pick. Again, I you, you hope he stays healthy. You hope he has a good year. Obviously, he wants to be a free agent next year. So to me, a motivated player like that, which is something statistics can't necessarily show, he I yeah. think he's yeah. he's on the – he could be – having a fantastic year because of that. Like, you know, he Absolutely. wants a big pay Absolutely. ticket next year, right? Like he, he wants a big ticket. So 100% he's be motivated. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. If you always want guys who are on contract years because they're playing yeah. to earn that next contract. Definitely. Uh, wide receiver. we got Mike Williams, Quinton Johnston and Keenan Allen. It's a pretty solid wide receiver core. If they can all stay healthy, that was an mm-hmm. issue last, last season. And maybe that was part of what, hurt Justin Herbert was like to be fair he was not throwing to his full strength all season he yeah. had one or both of them injured for a large portion of the the season so 
maybe it's possible he turns it around as long as they stay healthy. But that is a, a genuine concern there. Otherwise, especially in PPR leagues, they're they're Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are both great options, and Quinton Johnston is uh, basically Mike Williams 2.0. So we'll see. And at tight end, we have Gerald Everett and Donald Parham, Parham Jr. They were both around last year, and disappointingly, they did not get used very much, even in the red zone. So I'm I'm not really interested in either of them this year for myself. Doesn't seem like tight end is really part of their offense. Um, no. Especially if they're healthy. They've got Eckler, three deep running wide receivers. They're, they're not going to use their tight end. Yeah. Yeah, we, I think we learned that last year, absolutely. All right, Mike, what have you got for your AFC West rankings? Okay, so to me, this was a little bit tighter, except for at the bottom. Uh, so I got the Kansas City Chiefs number one. I've got the Los Angeles Chargers number two, the Las Vegas Raiders number three, and the Denver Broncos number four. I think the Chiefs are bound to win the division and go to the playoffs. I think the Chargers and Raiders are both going to battle for a playoff spot. I, I think one of the two will get in. I don't think both will because, again, I've picked four from one division to get in. But I do think I do think one of the Chargers or Raiders will get in. Yeah, I, uh, I had Chiefs at first and the Broncos at four. Uh, I went the other opposite way, though. I went Raiders at number two and the Chargers at number three. And I, I flip-flopped on that for a little while. Um, I just, from, from how, what we saw with the offense last season with the chargers and all right. the injuries, I just, I just think Vegas is the more rounded team, uh, especially with how strong their defense is. So I just gave them the edge, but I could easily see it going the other way as well. Uh, yeah, I just gave I them see like a slight, 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 slight edge over yeah. the chargers. Like, listen, Josh Jacobs and Austin Eckler kind of equal themselves out, um, and like, I think that that's pretty clear. Like they're both elite, fantastic running backs. So I like, I could see it happening. I think for me, I'm assuming the Chargers are more healthy and that Herbert continues to grow because he's such a young quarterback where I think it's like, we don't know what Herbert necessarily is, but we know what Jimmy G is. So that's kind of what I'm thinking, but I could see it be either or like, I, I'm not going to argue on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Chargers have more potential upside, but the, uh, Raiders are like the more consistent known commodity. You know what you're getting with the Raiders right now, and they'll be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so three players to target from the AFC West. Uh, I'll go first for this one. I've got Isaiah Pacheco, Austin Eckler, and Josh Jacobs. Three running backs. All in uh, great situations. Isaiah Pacheco, like I already said, with the way they used him last year and just the Chiefs offense, he's in a great position as of right now. Eckler, like we just spoke about, he's on a contract year, and he's just an elite fantasy option anyways, so I think he's going to be playing for that next payday. And Josh Jacobs, we we learned last year not to count him out, so I fully think he's someone you should go after. Yeah, uh, my list is similar. Two, two are the same. I've got Austin Eckler and Josh Jacobs as well, and my third one is Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think if you can get him, he's one of those quarterbacks that to me – breaks the mold of drafting a running back or wide receiver first. Patrick Mahomes is one of few quarterbacks who really can get you there in multiple ways. So that's my three to uh, to look for. All right. And what are your avoiding players? Listen, this isn't going to be, uh, <laughs> this isn't going to be too difficult to understand why Russell Wilson, number one, I think you yep. got to avoid him. Uh, I know the name recognition is there, but avoid him, avoid him. Number two, uh, Gerard Everett. 
I know that people like a tight end, a tight end with name. He's been around for a bit, but I just don't see that offense working around him. And Hunter Renfro, number three. Again, I think some people will look at him being like, well, he used to be really good. He had a couple good years. Stay away from him. Don't fall in the trap. I just don't think they're going to use him on offense. Yep, that's absolutely fair. Uh, my number one was Russell Wilson as well. Exact same reason. <laughs> you just want to laugh, right? Like it's yeah. not fair, but he just no, it's that's not. how bad he was. <laughs> yeah, it's he can't help it. Maybe he'll figure it out this year. Hopefully he does. Like like I've said before, like I always hope I'm wrong. Uh like like when I'm saying that these players are gonna do terrible. Uh but I just I, this is very much a I will believe it when I see it from him now. Yeah. Yep. Uh Number two, this is kind of like, a, I don't know, maybe you'll say I'm cheating here, but I just put the Chiefs wide receiver room as yeah, to avoid. Cheating. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's, that's I wouldn't want any of them. So sure. I, I, and we, we already said why. Like, it's just because like, it's not because there's anything wrong with them. It's just the way that they're running that offense They're None of them are going to consistently do well enough to be worthwhile on your fantasy team. So for me, it's just Fair. avoid that. Avoid them altogether. And number three, I actually have Mike Williams as someone that I'm avoiding this year. And I the reason- almost put him on my list. I hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the reason why is because of the injuries, like we've already talked about, and they drafted a guy who's pretty much the the same football player as him yeah. in the draft. So that just tells me that they're looking to replace him for the future, and there's a good chance that because of his injuries, he's not even going to play this full season, anyways. So. I'm uh, I'm not willing to buy into him. I if if I was going to go for someone, it would be Keenan Allen, then Quentin Johnson. Yeah. Uh, but that is it for the AFC West for us this week. So if you have any fan questions for us, you can reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Conquer Your Draft. You can go to conqueryourdraft.com, go to our podcast page, fill out the form. We love hearing from you. Or you can email us directly at contact at conqueryourdraft. Next week, we're going to finish off the AFC with the AFC South teams. Thanks for joining us today. Take care. Stay safe.